I love the Christmas season, and uh, I get carried away sometimes. Too many presents and things like that. So that's a great song to remind you. Some people say, well, Pastor, Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th. And I know that. Uh, I know that they used to celebrate it in the winter solace. And, uh, but I also know that there were some believers that didn't want to bow to that uh, witchcraft, in a sense, and sun worship. So they created their own day to go along with that. And as a result of standing up and worshiping the true Christ, a lot of them were persecuted even for doing that. And also, if you study about Elizabeth and Zacharias, uh, you'll come to the truth that no, Christ wasn't born in December, uh, probably uh, September, October, in that range. We understand that. But if you go back with Zacharias and you, you measure it back in your calendar, he was conceived in late December. That's the difference. And so we worship the fact that God became flesh one day. And uh, so you worship that any way that you want to. I'm going to do my own thing. Amen? Uh, I look back, and uh, since this is December, I looked at some of my messages, and I uh, took out three that I really like, and so I'm going to do my first one this morning. And, uh, but uh, I redid it and did some things different with it. And so I thought it would be fitting for this first Sunday in December uh, we'll talk about Mary, Mary. And you can look in your Bibles, if you have one, to Luke chapter 1. And we'll begin verse 24 a little bit later. There are a lot of times that we're put in a place that seems too big for us to handle. You ever been there? Yeah. I mean, they're just too big for us to handle, or it's overwhelming to us. We just don't know what to do. We don't know where to begin in trying to resolve this problem that we're going through. And uh, perhaps you here are going through something. Perhaps it's a new job, an over-indebtedness. Maybe you've been hurt by somebody else. Uh, you have a health emergency. Uh, you've gone through the death of a loved one. And uh, that's always a bummer. And perhaps you've been divorced, and you're asking yourself, how in the world did I start over? How do I begin to handle these problems that I'm going through? And then you throw in on top of all of that with COVID that's been going on now for a couple years. And uh, even during the COVID crisis, you, we've had uh, government overreach in some areas. And so all these things, it just depresses you, doesn't it? When's the last time you've ever turned the news on and not heard the word COVID? <laughs> I mean, it's just constant, 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 constant. And it's depressing, and it just kind of knocks you down a little bit, doesn't it? Well, I want to talk about a lady this morning who, uh, she had a big problem. And uh, I want to show you how she handled that. And her name is Mary, of course. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 24 says this here. Luke 24, or 20, uh, yeah, 1, 24. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth, Zacharias, conceived and hid herself five months, saying. Then verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind, began to mull it over, what manner of salutation this should be. So we have Mary here. The angel appears to her. She's troubled. She's confused. She's kind of puzzled. She's not hesitant or resistant of him, but why would God choose her to be favored? Why in the world would God pick her above other women of all people, her? And then an angel appearing to her. That doesn't happen every day, does it? And so here she is, and she's mulling this over in her mind. And I think it's important also to know that at this time in history, marriages were arranged by their families. Mary was pledged to Joseph because he was of the house of David. And by the way, Mary was of the house of David. And back in those days, they didn't marry outside of their tribes because they would lose their rights of selling, buying property, or their inheritances, whatever it might be. So they married within the same tribe in order to keep those things intact. And so Mary, she was pledged here to, uh, for uh, uh, Joseph. She's a teen girl, and she's taken by, back by all these events. Now, why would this angel say this, she's thinking? Look at verse 30 and following. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So here's the angel appearing to Mary, saying something like, Mary, we know that you're espoused to Joseph, but you are going to give birth to God's son through a miraculous event. And by the way, there's even more, verse 34 and 35. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The angel is saying here, Mary, we know you're a virgin. We, we, we know this, and, but you're going to become pregnant without Joseph. You're going to become pregnant immediately, as a matter of fact. But God's doing it because he's going to supernaturally create a seed. And a seed that is of body and of blood. And he's going to take that seed and supernaturally implant it that seed within your womb. 
And by the way, that son is the son of God. That's who that baby will be. I don't know about you. I just say, wow, I'm not just having a normal day here. Amen. I wonder what Mary imagined. Huh? Uh, Mary says, okay. <laughs> you know, to all these things. And I'm sure she mulls over these things. How am I going to explain this one? I'm pregnant without a man, and it's God, God in flesh. Huh? Or who will even believe me? She thinks in her mind, now when I tell Joseph, I know he's not going to accept this as good news, right? He's going to think that I'm unfaithful. He'll probably leave me. He'll probably write me a bill of divorcement. And that's what Joseph was thinking, by the way, wasn't it? And then she said, my parents, they're going to be so disappointed in me. I'm going to tell them I'm pregnant, but it's not what they think. Will they ever trust me again? I know they will always question and doubt me when I say something. And then the community, the community, they'll disgrace me. Because here I am showing up pregnant already, and Joseph and I haven't made it public about being married and so on. And so they will disgrace me. They'll mark me. And by the way, there's even a possibility they might stone me when they find out that I'm pregnant. And then my fear of criticism, the pressure, the change that my life will take because of this event and my own inadequacy. How in the world can I, a normal little handmaid, how can I have the child that's the son of God? And all these things are going through her mind. And there's a lesson for us. Most of life is out of our control. We don't know what's going to take place all the time, do we? And I believe God intentionally doesn't tell us everything in order to force us to be dependent and believe and rely upon him in faith. The Bible said the secret things belong unto the Lord. Isaiah 55 says God's thoughts are higher and greater than our thoughts and ways. And so here's all of this going on. Can you imagine Mary? How did she handle this amazing new path that God says I have for you to walk in? Not what she expected. Luke chapter 1 verse 34 and following says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I'm repeating that, but on purpose. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the, highest, and the highest power shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, beyond childbearing. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. In those verses, it says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mary had a faith. She believed what God had said unto her, so Mary yields to God's will. And Mary will teach us something very, very important. 
that when a problem hits us, we're not to withdraw ourselves from other people. We're not to withdraw ourselves from the things of God because many times those other people and the things, are, things of God are what God uses to bring us to help us with that problem we're going through. I went a lot of years ago, I used to be a youth leader, and I, I, I remember, well, we're going to punish them. They did something wrong. We're going to punish them. We're going to withhold them being able to go to church. I mean, that's exactly what they need. <laughs> and here you're taking them away from what they need. And likewise, we do that by our withdrawing at times. And, uh, but I believe they're the ones that are there for us. Mary goes on to state in verse 39 and 40. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. She, here she goes. She goes to Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth is her cousin. Okay, remember that. That's her cousin. Why did she go to Elizabeth's house? Well, no doubt, Elizabeth, she's supernaturally pregnant also in a different way. But here's a couple of things I wrote down. Elizabeth, she was a godly lady. She knew how to pray. You see, she's married to Zacharias, the Levi priest, and they knew what it meant to get a hold of God. So Mary goes to a person who knows how to get a hold of God, who knows how to pray. Secondly, Elizabeth, she was an older, mature lady. Uh, she had the experiences of life. She had the ability to be able to have some wisdom in her counsel. So she goes to an older lady. And then Elizabeth was, in a miraculous way, pregnant herself. She could relate to a miracle taking place in Mary, because it had happened to her, amen? And she's pregnant in old age with a wild man. His name is John the Baptist, <laughs> okay? Just remember that. So here's Mary going to this lady. And likewise us, when we're having a problem, when we're having trouble, we're overwhelmed by our trial, we need to find somebody who is older, biblical, mature person. That's who we need to go to. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. And so it's always good to have somebody older. And so, in other words, don't try to solve your problem alone. Amen? Have somebody in your wing. You have the church family if you go to our church. We're not here just to smile. We're here, let us help. A lot of people have problems. If you don't have problem, you're not living. Amen? We all have problems. I don't care. I go through a lot with Carol. 
I mean, it's hard. It's difficult. Can I eat at your house tonight? I remember I had a pastor. He's with the Lord now, Pastor Bill Good. Uh, he was church uh, pastor of Church of Faith Baptist. He had uh, Nathetic Counseling at his church, and that's where I went to Nathetic Counseling and Biblical Resolvement of Problems. And I, when I had a real serious problem, I would call him. One time I went out, we had a meal together. It's always good to have somebody in the wing that you can bounce something off that are mature in God. And God will honor and bless you if you do that. But here's Mary. She's not doubting God. But no doubt she doubts some things. She's wondering, how can a virgin have a baby? And people are still asking that question today. Isn't that true? They're still asking it today. All we say is, God, <laughs> that's our answer. They don't like that, but that's okay. God did a miraculous thing. God became flesh, amen? Now remember, when things seem to be out of our control, they're not out of God's control. Now here's Mary, verse 38, chapter 1. She says this, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Nevertheless, at thy word. That's a great concept to have in our lives. Regardless of what people are saying, regardless of what culture says, we go by what God says. Nevertheless, at thy word. Mary said, according to your word, so be it. She's saying, God, whatever your call is for my life, I'm willing, I'm ready, I trust you. That's not deep, is it? I'm ready, just trust what you say, God. And many of us today, we want to control things. We think that if only we can control the circumstances and the situations ourselves. I know when the news comes on and these people are saying this and our government's so on. I said, boy, I know what I would do. <laughs> First of all, they wouldn't be there, but I know what I would do. Amen. God says, wrong. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's who we should trust. And perhaps as Mary, if we would trust him, he might have something bigger for our life. Huh? I, I know personally that I was a rascal back in the old days. And I know that I was a low-life individual person. I was a gutter-type person. And God saved me. And I was saved and trying to grow but I came to a point that whatever God wanted me to do, that's when my life really began to change. And I think that's why my family had a hard time with me because they knew how I had lived. Now I'm saying Jesus Christ is the answer. They look at that and say, what? <laughs> but thank God they've all been saved since then. Amen. Sometimes God has something bigger for you. I plan just to do concrete all my life. That's what I did. I, 
I was just a concrete finisher. Uh, worked hard, but uh, it's very limited in what you can make because of winter and all these things. And so you just say, well, I do what I know to do, manual labor. That's all I knew to do. But then God put in my spirit, in my heart, there's more for your life if you're willing to surrender to him. And as I surrendered, it's been a miracle that's what's taken place with Carol and with me. Mary and Joseph here, they, they're just planning to do what was normal, get married, rent a condo, right? Settle down, have food in the crock pot, have a family together, and live happily ever after. But God came along and he said, no. He said, because of your heart, there's a lot more for you that I have planned. And I want to bless your faith. I want to bless your faithfulness. Through you, I will bless you and your family. Through you, I will bless the nation of Israel. Through you, I will bless down the road here the entire world. Through you, my plans are slightly bigger than the plans you ever had. Amen? And you don't know what God has in store for you if you just be willing to say, God, here's my life. I'm willing to surrender everything and follow you. Whatever your word says, I'm there. And when you come to that decision, something happens in your heart, in your life, and the drive in you changes, and you begin to go toward the things of God. But the journey is really just beginning to start at that moment. And you don't know, he might have something special for you. God's plan for us is often bigger. A lot of times it's more difficult and it's painful, no question about it. Here we have, imagine Mary here, having to face all the smug looks, the gossip. You know, people can be ruthless and unkind at times. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Now, you expect that out in the world, but when you get in the church and you have the same stuff, that's when it gets exciting. <laughs> You'd never have thunk it, amen? Look at her. Boy, she must have slept with somebody. Her and Joseph weren't married at the time. She wouldn't be that far along. She's pregnant. Look at her. And judging her. I remember as a young boy, we'd go down to the drugstore, and back in those days, the drugstore... It was just a fountain shop and had a pharmacy, but they had seats where you could sit down and eat sandwiches and stuff like that. And we'd always go by this brick building, and they had made it a, a home for unwed mothers. And it was always a stigma, unwed mothers. Uh, well, here's Mary. She comes back this way. Something's wrong here. Then travel, here she is, she has to do that, then she travels on her long journey to Bethlehem, on a donkey, even close to the day of her delivery. Do you think that'd be hard for her? You ever ride a donkey, by the way? They always have that little jerk as you ride. Then deliver baby Jesus without her mom, without a midwife, without doctor's help, in a cave-like stable with the animals. I'm sure it smelled sweet. Amen. And here's Mary. She's a teenager. 
You think it's difficult? Did you think Mary ever thought this? Why does this have to be so hard, God? Lord, I surrendered my life to your plan. Why is it so hard? I'm sure Paul had a few ideas. But just because you get saved and you're living for God doesn't mean it's going to be easy street. Amen? It said of Paul, Acts 9.16 says this here, of Paul. For I will show him, Paul, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And boy, did Paul suffer. But remember, God's bigger plan behind Mary's life. What was going on with Mary was no accident. What was going on was fulfilled prophecy. God had prophesied all of this before it actually had even happened. Notice Luke chapter 1, verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah, and you know, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluteth Elizabeth, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe, John the Baptist, not born yet, a life, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, why did the scriptures point that out? Because Malachi 3.1 is a prophecy. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me and the Lord. You see, it was prophesied there would be a messenger before Christ. Now, here comes Mary. I'm pregnant with the Son of God, and John the Baptist, who's to go before him, hears that some way, and in the womb leaps for joy, fulfilling prophecy. Us, God has a plan for each of us. And at sometimes there are good circumstances, sometimes there are bad circumstances. But sometimes God allows us to suffer some from our short-term comfort to our long-term glory. You see, sometimes he's more concerned about our future trillions of years that we're going to spend with him than a temporary earth situation. Amen? Mary, she wasn't defeated by her difficult circumstances because she believed in God's plan for her. She believed what God said to her. It says in Luke 1.45, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary's response was verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Yes, Mary was a sinner just like anybody else, and she needed a Savior. Amen? But now get this. Her focus was upon God and what God said even though it was incomprehensible what was taking place with inside her, she believed God's word. Her focus was him. And the next time you have a problem, it would be good just to stop where you are and start praising God. 
And when you start praising God, something happens to that problem. It begins to seem insignificant to what you're doing to Almighty God. Amen? It does. Sometimes when there's a problem I used to all the time, I'd get some type of music, Christian music, and I'd turn it, and I'd be in my car all by myself, or home if Carol was out, and I'd turn it up real loud. Man, the walls were just vibrating with Christian songs. And man, my spirits were just lifted. There's something about just praising God that takes you into a place where you ought to be in the first place. Amen? Now here's Mary. Because of her willingness, because of her surrender, because of her humbleness, God's plan was fulfilled. Luke chapter 2, verse 7 and following says this, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What was actually happening to me now? Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You men, I'm seeing these ladies come up. What are you doing, Dana? <laughs> okay, where's Stanley? There you are. That's who I'm looking for, Justin. Amen. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto, the de unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That's who came, God himself. Thank God for Mary. Amen. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new and this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man Mary did you know that your baby boy will calm the storms with his hand. 
Did you know that your baby boy is walked where angels try when you kiss your little baby? You kiss the face of God. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's That sleeping child you're holding is the grave. sinner you could not save yourself but you heard about Jesus how he was born of a virgin lived a sinless life on an old rugged cross took your place your penalty your punishment of all your sin upon himself on that cross and he died for you and he buried him but he rose again the third day he's alive that's called the gospel and it's a gospel of grace. It's not what you do. It's not your baptism, your church membership, uh, your smiles, following the Ten Commandments, giving money. It has nothing to do with that. It's just I believe what Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's accomplished, is enough to save me for all eternity. That's enough, his finished work. And when you believe that in your heart, and I say, we can believe that collectively. We read the Bible or whatever. But until we say, that was for me, for my sin, he died on the cross. And for my life, he rose from the grave to justify me. It was for me. I don't care what anybody, it was for me. When you come to that point, you can believe what he's done for you is enough. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. And if you're here this morning without Christ, I'm going to say a very simple prayer. Saying the prayer doesn't save you unless you believe in your heart the truth that it's saying. So if you believe in your heart this is true, just pray something like this in your heart right now where you are. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. 
I do believe that Jesus Christ is your son. That he died for my sins, was buried, and rose again. The best way I know how, I tell you right now, I believe. I believe. And if you've done that from your heart, you believed in him today, God says he saved you. Father, thank you for grace. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for making it simple for us, but it cost you a great price, your only son. May we never turn our back on this wonderful Savior. And may this month as we celebrate Christmas that we do thinking about the one song that was sung, All I Need for Christmas. Just that one thing is to experience you this month. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you is our prayer.